the non-political messiah of traditional Christianity. Traditional versions of Christianity have been curiously reluctant to acknowledge the political dimension of Jesus' teaching. Commentators have labored to exclude it, employing a battery of different devices to explain it away. This process has involved nothing less than a tour de force by which the plainest biblical statements have been emptied of their obvious meaning. These techniques have not escaped criticism from those expositors who realized that violence was being done to the sacred text. The remark of Albert Schweitzer deserves to be quoted in this context. Many of the greatest sayings of Jesus are found lying in a corner like explosive shells from which the charges have been removed. We have made Jesus hold another language with our time from that which he really held from the quest of the historical Jesus, first published in 1910. Schweitzer said that the words of Jesus suffered an eclipse. Schweitzer was persuaded that Jesus' sense of crisis and the end of the world represented the very heart of his mind and message, and that our records do not make any sense unless they're seen in this light. Another commentator, David Barron, complained that the words of the prophets had been mishandled by expositors in a way which eliminated the reality of the future kingdom of God. What Barron says of the commentaries on the prophet Zechariah applies equally well to much traditional treatment of the kingdom of God in the teaching of Jesus. Almost all the existing works on this prophetic book, Zechariah, are in one way or another defective and some are even misleading. The older commentaries, though commendable for their reverent spiritual tone and practical teaching, and some of them containing a good deal of sound philological and historical material, are more or less vitiated by the allegorizing principle of interpretation, by means of which all reference to a concrete kingdom of God on earth, a literal restoration of Israel, and the visible appearing and reign of Messiah are explained away, as from the prophecies of Zechariah. Since the kingdom of God was the heart of all that Jesus taught, and since he fully endorsed the hopes of the prophets, the removal of the messianic kingdom will threaten the substance of Jesus' Christian message. The untold damage done by the, quote, allegorizing principle of interpretation, a sophisticated phrase for explaining away, has not been limited to the book of Zechariah. Almost all standard commentaries on the New Testament are defective for the reason stated by David Barron. The teaching of Jesus suffered a devastating blow when expositors no longer acknowledged that the kingdom of God means primarily and dominantly what it had always meant to the prophets, namely a concrete kingdom of God on the earth to be initiated by the event known in the Old Testament as the day of the Lord and in the new as the second coming of Jesus. The usual meaning of the term kingdom of God on Jesus' lips is the new order to be inaugurated by his return. 
This corresponds exactly with the Old Testament's description of God reigning, that is, in the person of his chosen king, the Messiah. And for that fact, see, in addition to many other passages, Isaiah 52, verses 7 to 10, chapter 32, verse 1, Psalm 2, Zechariah 14, 9, and following. Revelation 11, 15 to 18, and Psalms 96 to Psalm 101, which describe the day on which the Lord has become king, how he's begun to reign. So the kingdom of God on the earth to be initiated by the event known in the Old Testament as the day of the Lord in the new as the second coming of Jesus. Traditional theology seems to have forgotten that Jesus came to confirm the promises made to the fathers, Romans 15 verse 8, and the fathers, beginning with Abraham, were expecting to inherit the world, Romans 4 verse 13. The promises made to Abraham, which the New Testament endorses, were based on the hope of taking charge of the earth. Jesus' promise of reward to his disciples was described in terms of governmental office. Take charge of ten cities, Luke 19 verse 17. The hope kindled by Jesus is no different. He promised the meek that they would one day inherit the earth, Matthew 5, 5, and that God would give them the kingdom, Luke 12, 32. New Testament Christianity promises its adherents administrative positions in a new government destined to appear on earth when Jesus returns. Revelation 2, verses 26 to 27, and chapter 5, verse 10. Daniel 7, verses 18, 22, and 27. A Messiah who fails to take up his office as ruler of a universal empire centered in Jerusalem is not the Messiah expected by the prophets and promised by Gabriel to Mary in Luke 1, verses 32 and 33. It is fair to ask, therefore, whether the Jesus of traditional theology, of whom little or nothing is ever said in regard to a world empire on earth, inaugurated by a future crisis, can be the Jesus Messiah of the Bible.